Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with Jason Graves and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Here are your hosts, Jason and Mike. This is Mike Janung, and welcome back to the Blazing Grace Radio Show. I'm here with Jason Graves, my good brother. How you doing, Jason? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. We're back in the saddle. Can you believe it? Well, life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. True. And we're going to do both of those at the beginning of this show. And right now, I want to present the first ever Blazing Grace chocolate cigar to you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, maybe you can tell our you. listeners what this is about. Oh, well, thank you, Mike. Boy, well, we welcomed little Sayla Ray, Helena Graves into this world on February 3rd. At 9.02 a.m., weighing in at a hearty 6.9 ounces, or 6 pounds, 9 ounces, and 18 inches long. So she's just a little bug, but we love her, and uh, so we're, we're celebrating indeed. She's back home with mom. She's breastfeeding really well, and, and everything went fine, so we're excited, and uh, boy, life is changing. <laughs> <laughs> How's sleep? Well, sleep has been interesting lately. <laughs> now, we have been blessed. She is um, waking up just pretty much once a night in the middle of the night. And so we're pretty blessed by that, but I'm not counting on that to necessarily continue. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) And Susan's doing well. Yeah, she's doing really well. She had a few complications after the birth, but we got those all sorted out. And so she's, she's doing well. We're all just kind of adjusting, you know, so it's fun though. She's a little cute little bug. I call her munchy. That's, that's my nickname for her because it's short for munchkin. And, uh, plus she eats a lot. So (laughs) munchy. Well, congratulations. Thank brother. you. Thanks for the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and as for the goodbye, uh, we do have some news for you. Um, <clears throat> our brother Rob is, to make it straight out, he's going through a divorce. Right. Um, and it, we talked to him before the show, and he gave us permission to, uh, to reveal to you what's going on. Basically, some marriages don't make it right. from sexual addiction. Rob's been in recovery for the last six years solid. He has not slipped. He has not acted out, done anything like that. But the bottom line is his wife just never recovered mm-hmm. from his sexual addiction. Right. <clears throat> so now a family of five is, they have three sons and mm-hmm. um, the divorce is just really the process just beginning. So right. he felt like the Lord was calling him to step aside and to let it go. And mm-hmm. so we may not ever see him back in the show again, but I would ask our listeners to please pray for them, pray for their family, because a divorce is always a horrible thing, and right, and um, it really breaks my heart. Yeah, it is a heartbreaking thing. I have to just say, uh, I'm very proud of Rob and how he's handled all of this. I'm proud of him for making the decision to step down, um, because this is something that he needed to focus on right now, getting through this process, doing it well, being there for his boys. And he's always had those priorities in place, and that's why I really respect him. Um, I want to also implore people to not only pray for him, but don't judge him. You know, people get divorced, and that's a sad part of life. But, you know, Rob did not choose this. This is something that he, uh, in a separation for almost two years, fought and fought and fought for that marriage. But it just wasn't uh, going to happen from the other end. And there's nothing he can do about that. Um, pray for him. Uh, certainly, uh, Rob is still practicing and, in fact, has a huge heart for guys who are going through divorces. So if you're needing counseling, I think Rob would be an ideal fit for you wherever you are in the country or wherever you are in the world. Uh, by telephone, Rob does that all day long. So certainly um, contact us and we can put you in touch with him. 
uh, or you can call him at 719-593-1163. But the bottom line is, is that we're going to miss him, and it's going to be different around, around here without his energy, isn't it, Mike? Oh, yeah. Um, but definitely keep him in your prayers, and I know that he would love to hear from you. So, um, But that kind of leads us into the, what we also wanted to talk about in that, in that divorce can be kind of consequential. There's many consequences. At a 2003 meeting of American Academy of Matrimonial Divorce Lawyers, two-thirds of the 350 lawyers who attended, and these are all divorce lawyers again, said Internet porn contributed to more than half of the divorce cases they handled. They also said that pornography had an almost non-existent role in divorce just seven or eight years ago. And Mm. porn is not just about one guy looking at pictures. and That's one of Satan's greatest lies, and it's a big setup. Right. What we often see in our groups is a guy comes in after his wife has caught him, his world has exploded, she may even be threatening separation and divorce, and Mm -hmm. most of us don't realize the consequences and how serious this problem is until it's too late. Right, right. I mean, it's been said that pornography and on the internet, it's like the crack cocaine for sexual addiction. Well, you know, pornography in a marriage is like the decon rat poison for marriages, so there are consequences. They go even beyond uh, and far-reaching beyond uh, marriage. You know, they affect us on a personal level. They affect us in a community level. Uh, they affect us in the different areas in our community, at church, our uh, functioning in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, but also culturally. You know, there's macro consequences for this stuff. So Rob, if you were here today, folks, would be the first to say, look, I want people to make different choices than me because even though, you know, his wife is not choosing to go forward in the marriage and not choosing to go into her own recovery. um, Initially it was his choices that that created the precipice and he would be the first to say that uh, and to own that and to to be responsible for that. Um, So I know the consequences in my own life, Mike, um, there have been consequences in terms of my marriage, you know, um, not having uh, the uh, intimacy at times when I was acting out, and then um, even creating fear in my wife uh, that I might act out again, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of healing from those things, but I know you've experienced many consequences in your own life, and uh, so maybe you want to share those. Um, but the bottom line is, is that we've all got them, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I committed adultery in 1991 with a prostitute, and then my porn addiction even continued years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as frequent. I turned from turned from a daily binger to um, to one who was binging maybe once every three to six months. But once every three to six months is still committing adultery on Michelle. Right. Once to th- once every three to six months, and, right. and it still hurts her just as much. And so many, so many men are blind to the fact that this can take your marriage. This can take you down. Right. This will just, this will corrupt your relationship with the Lord. Right. And what Satan wants is he wants to destroy families because when a, a son loses his father, that's a father wound that he has to deal with, and that's right. a setup for the next generation to be right. struggling with sexual addiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I do these men co- men's conferences around the country, and I always ask people, you know, what. Um, uh, what uh, are, are the consequences in your life? And, you know, they're, they're, they're life uh, pervasive. But um, people do choose to set up different kinds of consequences for themselves in recovery as well. We call them therapeutic deterrence. 
And these are things where essentially, you know, uh, there's two sorts of consequences in life. There's natural consequences that life chooses for us that usually are indiscriminate and uh, they don't care where you live, what your income is, what your name is, what your skin color is, um, and tend to be pretty tough on you. Um, natural consequences can be things like, you know, your wife leaving you, mm. leaving the marriage. Um, but then the second kind of consequences, or we call them therapeutic deterrence, are like personal growth consequences. These are things that we choose for ourselves in advance to say, okay, my goal is to stay sexually pure and to walk in, in with integrity sexually in my life. So if I have a misstep, then I'm going to employ this deterrent in my life. In other words, I'm going to make, require myself to do something, uh, this thing that I picked out in advance, uh, to uh, deter myself from it in advance. So it's not so much of a punishment or a, a consequence, really, as it is something to help us proactively to keep us away from the thing that we don't want to be involved with. A healthy boundary. It's a healthy boundary, and it's a way to really back us up. And, and for most of us, if we really ask ourselves, um, having this deterrent in our, in our recovery would be something very different, wouldn't it? Uh, but let's face it, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So here really, with a deterrent, in lies a opportunity to do something very different to help support yourself in a, in a very substantial way. Uh, and then thereby ending the insanity. Stop the insanity! <laughs> well, on that note, the first step to breaking free with this stuff is always to connect with somebody else right. on a consistent basis. Right. Get out of isolation and mm-hmm. be accountable. Mm-hmm. So we're going to model that for you now. And yeah. so to begin that, how are you doing with lust these days, Jason? You know what? It's a great question. I have noticed distinctly, even yesterday, as just as recently as yesterday, that I'm being tempted on new levels. Um, you know that saying, new level, new devil. Mm. Uh, you know, I had an important interview yesterday with an organization that I'm hoping to partner with, and it was really intense. It was an all-day thing and uh, really exciting stuff to be able to be considered for. And then on my drive home, it was like I saw person after person, and it was like 18 degrees out here in Colorado Springs. Uh, but yet there was person after person that was just popping out at me. You know, there's... Uh, somebody walking their dog and another person just kind of walking with their sweatshirt. They're totally underdressed. And I thought, my gosh, you know, my lust meter was like off the scale, you know, and and really I needed to take care of myself. I uh, need to just go home, relax, have a meal, see my family and uh, really make a good choice. So I'm glad I did. But I think part of it for me is that, you know, having a baby, you know, becoming a father, the enemy does not like it when good men step up to the plate mm-hmm. and fill good, you know, fill roles uh, in a godly way, and that's what I know I'm trying to do. So I'm sure that he is stepping it up in, in some areas. So you know, I'm glad to say that I've been winning, but I can't tell you that it's been really easy lately for me. Well, the thought that came to my my mind too is that you were going to an interview with a mm-hmm. large organization that mm-hmm. would have a lot of impact, right? And, uh, I mean, that's, that's not going to please him either. Right. So, cause you're dealing with this topic of lust, yeah. you could be at a very big national level. Oh, absolutely. You know, the enemy loves to pick people off, you know, and that's why <clears throat> just like in a war, uh, 